0: Part of the Press Play Podcast Network. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up to the layup, oh, blocked by James! It's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! Hi everyone, what's good and welcome to Cavs on the Break NBA Podcast right here on the Press Play Podcast Network. Coming off a win over the Orlando Magic, we will be discussing that. I'm John Sable, alongside the owner and writer of Hoops Wire, longtime Cavs and NBA writer, the great Sam Amico. Samuel, how are you doing tonight, buddy?
1: John, I'm doing well. Good to see you again. Actually, I can see you while others can only hear you. So I guess I'm the blessed one because I've got the full visual of you uh, smiling and having a good old time. Wow, that that is very kind (laughs) of you to to make me blush. Uh,
0: I I can see you as well. We are uh, recording this here on Thursday night, the 7th. Um, This is right before the Cavs go on a road trip. We'll be discussing that. Uh, Chase is sitting this one out, so uh, you're stuck with uh, us two. So enjoy the the ride here as we kind of recap that magic win in Cleveland at the Fieldhouse and look ahead and then uh, just kind of do – do all NBA a little bit here too. We'll, we'll touch on the play and tournament a little bit. But first, Sam, you were there at the Fieldhouse on Wednesday and the Cavs went on to beat the Magic 121 to 111. I watched from home. That was the first complete game the Cavs had played from uh, wire to wire. You know, got the lead, didn't blow it, almost did. And, uh, you know, really played a complete uh, game, really balanced scoring and didn't make too many mistakes.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, now that they've had their starters back, I guess it's five straight games. With, ever, with with the guys who were supposed to start That, that started to open the season uh, And obviously Mitchell, Garland Strews, Mobley, and Allen They've had those guys together now Five straight games They've won four of those One of them was a bad Portland loss I would say they've played their two most complete games In there Which would be of course At least at home Which of course would be the, the win o- over the Magic And then I would say the win over the Hawks Uh, at home also was another was a a game that you really never thought that they were threatened they played a they played a really nice uh, full 48 minutes that night too so you know I think having these starters back has helped the Portland thing you got up 16 I think maybe you felt a sense of overconfidence Portland wasn't as bad as their record obviously they had beaten Indiana who's super hot right now uh, before that so I didn't think that that loss was as, you know, let's blow it up as everybody else was. But, yeah, against the Magic, one of those games that, you know, Magic were a good team. Out of those five games that they've played with their starters in a row, the Magic was the first team they've beaten with that had a winning record. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the Magic came in, what, 14-6, and uh, really playing well, young, hungry team, a lot of talent, a lot of depth. Uh, been on a roll to to open the season so the fact that the caps kind of you know took it to them magic came back in the game a little bit but you know this time the caps didn't really let their foot off the gas too much uh and put them away so it was an impressive impressive win and a win you're going to need going on this road trip
0: yeah i think the biggest thing for me was watching that game you know donovan had his 35 points and he had a, a nice tandem in a second score which Always seems to be a challenge at times as it should be Darius Garland. And it was Darius with 26. And then uh you had Struess, who's been that third guy and at times been that second scorer when Darius has either been hurt not playing, uh, maybe or struggling from the floor. And that that bounce scoring, the cats had five guys in double figures with Niang come with 10 points off the bench, which was huge for them. And Mobley again, um, you know, 16 points. He seemed a little bit more, I know the stats, maybe the numbers and the rebounds, I think he only had a five rebounds or so. Do um, you want to see more of that? But it, at times I saw with Mobley being a little bit more aggressive against Orlando, which was good to see.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, especially in the second half, yep. uh, he 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 was kept quite a, kind of a quiet first half um, and, and had six points, I think it was against Detroit, you know, the game before that. So I just thought, is there something going on here? But he really, really came alive in the second half, had a lot of uh, kind of those, you know, was getting the ball around the basket, had a lot of those dunks off passes from Garland. Um, and I, I I just think that, you know, the one thing I'll say about Mobley is he never forces anything. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, things were going, things were going pretty well uh, for the rest of the team. I think that he was kind of, when he would get the ball, he wasn't looking to shoot because the other guys were doing such a nice job, uh, putting points up. So, but eventually he came around second half. He really, you know, he was a big but quiet reason why the Cavs were able to maintain a double digit lead most of the night. So, this wasn't asked in the post game, and I wondered this too. Jared Allen late in
0: that game, I don't know, maybe like a minute left, left the bench, went to the locker room that was never really ex- like, what was the issue? Did he have like an, in- what was it, like a little
1: injury? What was, th- he didn't say anything in the post game
0: that I, I'm aware of. Yeah. Are yeah, you aware no, of anything?
1: No, seemed, seemed okay. Uh, JB 2 said he didn't, yeah. he wasn't aware. Didn't, didn't know. So, uh, and Jared Allen didn't say anything post game about it. So I, I don't suspect, I, I think at this point, if there was something going on, we would have known about it. I would agree. And the reason why I bring that up, because this segues
0: to my next question, is you look at that game and, you know, there's been a rotation shift, I think, that JB now with you have these five, his starters in there, right? He's been able to kind of get in a a rotation, whereas at times the rotation's been off, but now you have, you know, your, your starters are in, like everyone's healthy, everyone's back. So he's trying to find that happy medium right there of what seems to work. And Sam, at times, it seems like, the rotation that seems to be clicking is when Jared Allen is not on the floor. When you have a Mobley, Garland, Mitchell, Struce, um, a coro or, or Niang or when Levert was healthy and not hurt plan. And the minutes kind of represent that a little bit, you know, Jared Allen only played in 19 minutes yesterday.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, big part of that too was you look, uh, Allen, Mobley, Struz had, five fouls apiece. Allen got into foul trouble early. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a point there. I think Orlando took 37 free throws, which yeah, is, that was crazy, know, al- almost unheard of the first half and part of the second half, but especially the first half, there was just so many whistles and so many stoppages in play. Uh, one of the things I wrote in my dribbles column was some of those were fouls. Some of them were up for debate and some of them were just flat out terrible calls, but, when, you know when a yeah. team's shooting that many free throws um but it, it, in Orlando's defense a lot they were playing inside They're that's a team that goes inside a lot uh and 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 tries to score at the basket obviously they were two of I think two of 23 on three-pointers so they had no other choice but to try to draw fouls get to the basket but um yeah you know as far as the rotation goes you look you know you get everybody back now you you are missing LeVert um i don't think that's anything serious could be could be back here shortly mm-hmm. so you're going to have to you know you go you'll be able to go a little bit deeper cuz Dean Wade came back played pretty well um uh, i can't remember how many minutes he had but it wasn't a ton but he did he was very productive in those minutes i think he had eight points five rebounds or something in those minutes yeah 14 minutes yep in 14 minutes yeah so um you know, you, you have you have your starters healthy. If you can keep your starters healthy, then then obviously your bench is gonna be uh those guys get more comfortable with their role. J B gets more comfortable with, you know, this is how many minutes these guys get because I've gotten reps. Not only do players need reps, the coach does too. So uh as far as managing the game and managing the lineup. So, uh, you know, yeah, I think it's it's consistent. I know fans want to see more of Craig Porter Jr. They're wondering why he hasn't played because he's played so well, which I think is a fair question. Um, but, you know, at times it seems like JB always wants either Darius or Donovan on the court, if yeah. not both of them at least one. And that's going to – that automatically is going to take minutes away from from Craig Porter Jr. or Ty Jerome should we ever see him. At any point this season,
0: yeah. So, a couple things to piggyback on that. So, back to my original point, do, do you notice that too, though? It seems like with the Cavs don't have a set offense, so to speak, right? But it seems like the ball rotations with the smaller lineup with Mobley and not Allen seems to work a little bit better. Is that fair to say at times so far? And it's a small sample. Yeah, size. I
1: would say, I would say, yeah, most of the okay. time it seems to work.
0: And, and yes, yeah. he, you know, he got into foul trouble uh, against Orlando, but it just, I don't know. I wasn't sure if him getting off the court had something to do with, like, body language or if he was upset or if there was an injury. I don't know. Maybe it was frustration. Maybe it was all the above. I don't know. That's why I was kind of asking you about that, but also just to get your perspective, because from afar, it looks like they, the offense, they seem to have a little bit more um, continuity lately with that smaller lineup.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I think for the most part, they do. You know, look, Allen's going to be up and down offensively. He had a very Jared Allen game against the Magic offensively, which is four or five shooting, eight points, 11 rebounds. I mean, he makes his contributions where he does. He's not going to get the ball in the low post and put a lot of moves on guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, but he's going to have those nights where he has 23, 25 points, you know. So it's just, it really, so much of the NBA determines or is determined by matchups. Sure. Um If guys are feeling it, you know, and Jared Allen, obviously out of all the guys in the starting five, probably the top seven, he's probably the last option offensively, you know? So I think that, I think that there are just going to be some nights where he just doesn't have it going, but uh, I wouldn't even say have it going. He's just not going to take a lot of shots. He's always very efficient and shoots a high, high percentage though.
0: And he makes up for other things too, defense, uh, you know, crashing the boards for sure. And that force in the paint for sure. Okay. You mentioned, um, Levert Let's, let's t- talk a little bit of cabs injuries real quick here. Ty Jerome hasn't seen the court yet this year. Uh, he's, he played he's, two, games, per two, two games. I'm sorry. Two games. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. but since that first week, he hasn't seen the court. He's been hurt. Any update on him and uh, any updates on, on Levert that you've heard
1: last, uh, Last I heard about Jerome was he, you know, was putting up shots a couple weeks ago. I don't think it was last week. It might have been the week before. And he was still having trouble landing on that ankle. Um, and, and, you know, then then I saw him. I guess it was the Portland game on the sideline. He, he had an air cast on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just last week, J.B. Bickerstaff said he thought that Ty that was a ways away. And, Here you know, sometimes those. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Any anytime you can have, anytime you have an ankle injury, um, it can it can just take a a high ankle sprain that can take eight weeks. So, you know, if he's missed six, he could miss another three or four still. Yeah, you know,
0: it's um, Karis. It's interesting with his knee injury. He man he got hurt at the wrong time because he was having his best start of the season of his career. It seemed like, and, and you know, for those first like month of the season, he was the best cast player. And now he's falling out of the rotation. Cause he's not in the rotation. Cause he's hurt.
1: Yeah. He, he was really, like you said, for like the first month, probably the best, the, the most reliable guy. Sure. Um, obviously other than Mitchell when he's healthy, but, um, it was a career start in Cleveland for Lavert. So, yeah, it's very unfortunate. And it makes the rotation, even though it's not a big deal, it's yeah. still one key piece is missing. You know, it's not a big deal in that it's not Mitchell or Garland or a starter. And you have Okoro, too. But he's very, you know, look, Isaac's great defensively, very, I should say, very good defensively. But... He's not going to usually match Lavert in terms of productivity offensively.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see how long it takes for him to get out um, or get back, I should say. That's a bummer. But uh, Cavs currently sitting at 12-9. and nine. Uh, They finally get a 500 record at home with that win. They've got a uh, tough road ahead. We're going to get into that in a moment here on the other side of the break. Uh, a couple things I wanted to react to, uh, Sam, is George Yang's comment uh, about Donovan Mitchell. Um, and this was more of a fun comment, but at the same time, you know, he, he's a veteran like Donovan, obviously, but he's a l- good locker room guy, a great guy on the, on the roster to be fun loving. We've talked about him. We had him on the podcast at Media Day, but he said something, and, and you were in the locker room, and I wanted to get reaction to this. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong or how this was worded, but Darius, or excuse me, uh, uh Donovan said that, you know, his teammates are holding him accountable. And George Yang had said something to him about, hey, you were quadruple teamed. You got to pass the ball.
1: Yeah. Well, George is not afraid to speak his mind. Obviously, he's tight with Donovan from their days in Utah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that was that was just it. And sometimes you will see that with Donovan where it's like. He's such a good great individual player and all great individual players sometimes it's like look i just want to be able to do this and make sure we win and sometimes i do a little too much and try and do by myself a little too much and i will see it sitting in the stands or in press row see, yep. you know see see like oh he's sometimes it's not a bad idea like against portland it was just like just give donovan the ball and get out of the way other times it's not necessary, you know, Struess or Garland or whoever is standing on the wing. And I, you know, sitting a little bit above them, I can see that play. And then maybe Donovan still goes one on one. And I think he should have gave up there. And, and, and clearly, if I am thinking that way, certainly his teammates are going to be thinking that way. Yeah. So, you know, George Niang is very vocal. He's uh not just you know we we had him on the podcast obviously before the season uh he's got a ton of personality he's a regular guy but he's a very vocal guy in the locker room when things aren't going well and uh they all seem to appreciate it they like that side of him you know as far as we can tell every everything they're saying is that they like that side of, and and the Cavs at one point he went in the locker room i think this was You know, they had, they ended up winning nine of 13 after George Yang kind of pulled them off in the locker room. The whole team wasn't just Mitchell. He just, you know, he just aired it all out and said, we're better than this. We've got to get it together, you know, and, uh, some of his teammates talked about that and said, look, you know, he's a guy who's, yeah, he comes across as a guy who's fun loving and and going to have fun all the time. Yeah. And he's, and he. And he is those things, but he's also, you know, kind of like the voice of perspective, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes in the locker room. And he's the one guy who really is so close to Mitchell that he could just go off on Mitchell <laughs> and Donovan yeah. not even care. And Donovan would appreciate it, you know. So sure. the fact that he said, yeah, look, you, you've, you've got to start looking to pass the ball more, uh, obviously, with Donovan bringing that up and mentioning it. It, it meant something to him. So, and then he went out and scored thirty-five points anyway. But you know what? The idea that that game he had thirty-five points and and I would say ninety percent of them came within the flow of the offense. He didn't really need to force anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I see he's making a concerted effort at least the last two or three games to not, you know, to try to not play. And it's hard. You know, it's hard for Michael Jordan. I'm sure it was. LeBron's always been a great passer, but it's always hard when you have a great ability to score on anybody anywhere, just about any time. To to, if you're going one-on-one, it's hard for you to say, "Yeah, I'm going to give it up to somebody that I'm not so sure they're going to get a basket." I'm pretty sure I will. So, but you know, in order to win and to win in playoff situations, and we saw the Cavs without Mitchell go into Philadelphia and win that game and that's because they played, you know, trusting each other. And I I I don't get me wrong, Donovan Mitchell's not selfish and I don't would never put him in that category. He's actually a great teammate. Sure. But yeah, I, I think, would agree. You know, with with any type of greatness, it's hard to sacrifice in a team game because you 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 can. He has the ability to take over games. So, um, you know, there's a fine balance there and I think that that he's I think he's pretty much mastered it, but is still, obviously, you know, working on that element of his of his game. And I, I, Mitchell, is not going to be a guy who's going to say no. I need to do it myself. He's he's going to try to win within the concept of the team.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That's that's a good thing because here, Donovan is is the epitome of a selfless person. You know, at times he could probably kinda kind of get trapped in a playing hero ball, but he's a very unselfish player. And he's also open to criticism. And you bring up a great point. People forget, maybe the casual Cast fan don't doesn't realize or remember that he and Niang were Titan in Utah. And that's the big reason why George signed the deal because Donovan recruited him to help him come here to Cleveland. So oh, when well, you have a guy like that, you can say whatever you want. Uh, I just thought it was a good a good sign for him to say that. And, and Donovan to bring it up because it just goes to show like this is an open locker room. This is something that we all need to talk about. And we need to air out our, our grievances if there are any, or we need to come together and we need to, you know, talk about everything because you need to put your ego at the door. And really that's a big thing. And I think it's a sign of maturity with, with teams and, and with the Cavs. And I think when you have a guy like Niang and a guy like Max Struess who's who comes from that heat culture, or he's got that finals experience, you know, he's a no BS guy. Uh, opposite end of the spectrum guy versus Nihang in terms of goofball he's always business it's hard yeah. to crack a smile with him or show personality which is okay but you have that balance not everyone needs to get along with everybody but you all have to have a common goal and have all have to have that common understanding more than anything and it seems like we're s- slowly starting to see that with the newer guys which takes time when you add new pieces
1: yeah, when Max Stru smiles, I get nervous because I'm like, he's going to say something uh, angry or sarcastic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it gives me anxiety. But I, one time I was in the locker room um, and, and we, you know, there was a group of reporters, maybe two or three of us talking to D- Dean Wade and Yang's in the background and just yelling, he needs to shoot the ball more. I always tell him he needs to shoot. It! I mean, he's just yelling. Well, we're trying to interview Dean Wade. He's so I mean he's very vocal, almost like a, almost like a coach that says stuff that a coach can't really say and doesn't really approach the players about. Nyang will just let loose. So, uh, really, it's nice to, I think for the Cavs to have that kind of personality on the team. Tristan Thompson, obviously, being another guy who who is pretty vocal leader uh, and, and uses the fact that he's been there before uh, a lot as kind of his his method of teaching
0: all right we're going to take a quick break here we're going to talk about the Cavs' schedule ahead uh this tough road trip um coming up here and then touch on the nba playing tournament momentarily because there was a game out in vegas tonight if you're listening this is a we're recording this here on thursday uh december 7th there was a game and um as anybody has listened to previous podcasts know that i am not a fan of this tournament i'm glad the Cavs are not in it um and sam is okay with it but on the same page a little bit, but there's a big thing that happened in this tournament between that Bucks and Pacers game We want to talk about. Uh, We'll get into that in a moment, but first uh, since you're listening to us, you can't see us. Sam and I are on Zoom at at both of our houses, and you can't see the shirts that we're wearing. Um, We are wearing brand spanking new homage t-shirts. If you are uh, from the Cleveland area, Columbus, you all know this uh, company that's helping us out here. Boy, they have Design quite the array of uh, NBA gear, Cavs gear, Major League Baseball, NFL official licenses. Sam, what homage shirt are you wearing of, of the
1: Cavaliers at the moment? What is that? Is that is that your boy Austin? Austin, uh, yeah, I'm so old school. It's Austin Carr as a player. You really? know, and uh, I, I'm sad to say that I don't remember getting to. Uh, I don't remember Austin as a player uh just as a fan favorite as a you know uh a, col- a color analyst and in game analyst um but i have watched him on youtube and all that so <laughs> yeah I, when i saw this shirt i was just like i have to have it it's it's ac ac not only as a player in the old school Cavs uniform but of course the ac i know and love always smiling about something so um yeah it's it's perfect for me i'm an, I, I love you know nba history and old school stuff and the fact that i uh, it would consider it awesome car friend i just very much look forward to wearing this t-shirt in front of him and uh having him tell me how great i am because i'm wearing it probably for no other reason but at least it'll tell me i'm great Ac's always smiling,
0: and if I want to be around him, when he you wear that shirt in front of him, because his his grin's gonna get even bigger and bigger. I think we uh, should
1: meet at center court in front of at halftime or something in front of in front of fans. That you, would be my goal. You know so. what? I I'll, I'll wear my homage shirt that I got
0: of uh, the NBA Cavs NBA Jam shirt of had the stats of Mark Price and Brad Doherty. That's the one oh, I yeah. have. Yeah. Um, they were nice enough to send me another one. It was a gray with the uh, old school Austin Carr era Cavs wine and gold script on it. I know um, Chase was rocking a a wine hoodie with the new Cavs font on the front of it. Uh, Just some awesome products there. Perfect gift this holiday season. So uh, if you can, go on our show notes here, um, wherever you're listening to your podcast, on Spotify, on Apple, or um, any other location there. Wherever you're seeing our description of our show, scroll on down. You'll see the link. You can buy your Cavs gear, Browns, Guardians, Ohio State, Mac, you name it. Great quality product right there on the homage website, go on our show notes, click that link there and uh, enjoy yourself a nice warm, cozy hoodie. Anything you want makes a great holiday gift here in time for Christmas here in a few weeks. All right. With that being said, we'll be back. Go over a uh, playing tournament and the Cavs' schedule ahead and much more right after this. Cavs on the Break listeners, listen up. The NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter offer. Get in on game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code P3Cavs. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets When you bet five on the NFL, that's code p 3 cavs only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net in New York. Call 877-8HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467 and Connecticut help is available for problems gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensed partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 years age or over, varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 eight hours after issuance see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. What's up everyone I'm Holly Wetzel and I'm Tyvis Powell and we are your hosts of the Orange is Oranger a Cleveland Browns podcast on the Press Play Podcast Network. We give you all the dog com coverage that you'll need to get you through the regular season, hopeful postseason and I'd say offseason Tyvis. but is there really ever an offseason for this team? Thankfully for our podcast, Holly, there really never is when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. Don't miss our breakdown of each week's matchup, game recaps, and any and all news out of Berea to feed your Browns' appetite. As we know, Holly, dogs gotta eat. Yes, they do. So hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode of the Orange is Orange Cleveland Browns podcast, and the Press Play Podcast Network.
1: What's up, everyone? Chase Smith here, host of the Chase Smith Podcast, and my podcast reflects who I
0: am my hobbies, my interests, my passions, my curiosities, my careers, my questions, and my family. I'll spend time talking about all types of sports, movies, TV shows, trending news stories and other cultural events, and even faith. This is who I am, and I hope I can get to know you as well. Join me on the Chase Smith Podcast, and let's have some thought-provoking conversations only on the Press Play Podcast Network. Looking for new insights on the Cleveland sports scene with a unique side of Cleveland sports history? Then you found the perfect podcast. I'm John Sable. And I'm Scott Sable, and we're hosts of the Sable Brothers on the Baseline podcast, a podcast about Cleveland sports, but not your typical podcast about the land's sports teams. Join us as we embark on a journey of sharing a unique and historical side of Cleveland sports history with the help of some former Cleveland sports stars and other historical figures. All right, here on the Sable Brothers on the Baseline podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. We're back here at Cavs on the Break NBA podcast on the Press Play Podcast Network. John Sable alongside sam amico owner writer of hoopswire.com
1: at janitor as well
0: is that what that is, is that your other title
1: that's my other title yeah I,
0: I didn't want to say it because i wasn't sure if you're cleaning up the mess but there is any the really messes over at hoopswire
1: no you know what but we had a wild christmas party um and uh <laughs> <laughs> me and the me and the cat you and, and the uh, cat i love it yeah yeah, uh, so uh, maybe uh, a
0: lot maybe of cleanup after that. Too, too many bowls of spilled milk, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, um, NBA in-season tournament, one of the semifinals, both of them were played tonight. Bucks, Pacers, Indy won, Lakers, Pelicans, LA won. Um, I- I'm not a big fan of this tournament. I'm glad it's, it's, it's going to be over. The only best thing about this tournament are the cool floors. But you watched that Pacers-Bucks game, and we don't need to talk about this a lot, but I didn't see a minute of it, so I was taking your word for it. You said there was no one there at that game in Vegas?
1: Yeah, no, not for that one. Obviously, the Lakers drew a crowd um, with them being the Lakers and having LeBron James and being very close to Las Vegas, at least probably. I would say San is obviously the, the closest city to Las Vegas, right? like a four hour drive. Or oh yeah, then Phoenix would probably be up there too, right? Phoenix might be up there, yeah. But but anyway, so that game did well. I saw the, the funny thing was they the arena where the seating was was you know how they used to do it in the old days where they would blacken the seats, they would turn the lights off above the seats. Yeah <laughs> the, uh... this was Yeah. That's how yeah. this was for the Pacers game. But the crowd was bad. I wrote a story on 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 Hoopswire earlier when that game tipped off, that uh, an NBA source guy who works for the NBA texted me and said, "This crowd is the major disappointment." Um, I don't know that the NBA really though was expecting a whole lot. First of all, that game tipped off at five o'clock Eastern, which okay. was two o'clock, I there believe, in Las Vegas on a Thursday. Uh, on a Thursday afternoon, I just thought, "You're right." Okay, if you're going to do one of those games, why not have the Lakers-Pelicans game first? You know, why not have that at 2 o'clock? And then you're going to draw a crowd, and maybe that'll lead into the other the Pacers-Bucks game. But, look, the Pacers and Bucks, as as nice of seasons as they've had, and as long as they've been around, they don't have a huge national following. They have a big local following. You know, Milwaukee, the Bucks, they love the Bucks. They won a championship a couple years ago. Pacers... Indiana basketball is huge, but you you go outside of that area and that's a problem. You know, I I, I don't want to say a problem, but there's just, there's not, you know, it's probably the same thing with the Cavs without LeBron. They probably don't have a ton of fans living around the country that would go to a game in Vegas at two o'clock. It's just, that's just the NBA. It's, you know, that's just the way it is. You have like the Lakers are a huge story. The Celtics are always a big story. And then the Knicks, you know. the Knicks are in up there, but the fact that this tournament, you know, thank goodness for the NBA and say what you will about that controversial win over the Suns, but thank goodness for the NBA that the Lakers made this final four because the crowd was not good for the Pacers and Bucks. And could you imagine it probably wouldn't be a whole lot better for the Pelicans and the Suns as no. much as you know, the Suns have a decent following with Durant and all them, but they're not the Lakers. So, yeah, it was – I think – I I just think – I kind of thought it was weird that they were going to do this Final Four in Vegas during the week. Uh, I thought maybe if you did a Friday-Sunday, you'd have better luck. But you're also playing this game – I think the reason they started the – Bucks Pacers at five o'clock was so that they wouldn't have to go head to head with Thursday night football because if they did the ratings the television ratings I'm well, sure they were bad for that game they yeah. would have been
0: off they, nobody would to watch it at all but that's probably the reason why they had those games earlier in the day you know and you yeah. you put the Lakers later because you're trying to get that later eastern um sure East, eastern uh fan base in there I think the big reason why you're putting it in Vegas is players love to be in Vegas. That's going to be a, a site for a future team whenever the NBA expands again, whenever, who knows when that's going to be. You know, with life. didn't LeBron say he wanted to
1: be an owner of a basketball team in Las Vegas? At some LeBron, point down the road. LeBron has said that. Hey, yeah. LeBron has said that repeatedly. He, he reiterated it. And then and I know Shaq wants to own a team there too and said, I'd like to own one with, with or without LeBron. So I think that Vegas is eventually going to have an NBA team. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think it's funny that they do this in the tournament there, which they're trying to um, broaden that NBA um, market there. They had the all-star game there about 15 years ago too, if I remember correctly, yes. um, which was a big success. But what I find interesting though, is your source said they were disappointed in the uh, attendance yet the attendance numbers would say otherwise. They said, 16,837 people attended the Bucks Pacers game and like over 18,000 uh, attended the Lakers Pelicans game. Yes, we all know teams and leagues like to inflate numbers. It's been going on for 50, 100 years in a lot of sports. But that is such an that is such a obvious inflation of the numbers it's not even funny.
1: Yeah, and I don't know why. I don't know why and when that started. Like let's inflate the numbers. Why? So you could just say, "Hey, look how many people like it. You should like it too." I guess. I guess that's it. Here's my thing with the in-season tournament, John. And I do, I do like it. I think it's cool. There, are, there are things about it that I think are cool. You just like the courts, Sam. Yeah. I love the courts. I, I, and I'm such a traditionalist. This is so. This is so bizarre for me to say, but I and, and, and the that's court. why I'm so shocked that you like the courts because because <laughs> you don't... yeah I'm so old school. Yeah. Hey everybody, you know I miss the Mecca. Remember the, the old the Mecca. Mecca the in Bucks Milwaukee. Played that ugly uh-huh. court. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just these courts grab me. I will say this. Here's my main issue with the with the in season tournament, and I think it's probably the NBA. The league's main issue is why okay first of all why was this designed what was the point to create interest in regular season basketball games my issue is and i think they've done that but my issue is if you're a business you always want to bring in new customers right you always want to i know at hoops wire i want to bring in people who don't really read it yet i want those people to come read it regularly if you're the NBA, that's what you're looking for, I think, part of this tournament. And I think it's probably failed in that area. I don't think it's been enough to draw in people who don't already care about the NBA or weren't already paying attention. My oldest son, is he's a huge NFL fan. He's not much of an NBA fan, despite what his father does. Maybe because of what his father does. I don't know. But <laughs> this, he he didn't really even... Yeah, he he said, what is the, what is going on with this tournament? What's it mean? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I told him he was very skeptical of it. And he, you know, I told him, explained it to him. I said, they're playing on these cool courts. And, you know, it's just something to get excited about during the regular season. And he didn't watch any of You know, yeah. it didn't draw him in. So, and... You know, the middle boy watched some, but he would have watched anyway. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and and when I see all these people saying what a great idea it is, it's always people who work in the NBA or play in the NBA or coaches or media members. And that doesn't do the NBA any good because they've already got those people. You know what I'm saying? they already – they've been – those people have been their voice and face and spokespeople for years. People like me who love it and we're going to watch anyway. Well, it doesn't help having somebody like me love it because I was already uh, going to watch. You know what I mean? So, yeah, my, my whole point of this is, yes, it's creating some more buzz. But is it creating more buzz amongst people other than the people who would already be watching? Are you are you bringing in new viewers and are you turning some people away and, and making them skeptical and making them this is stupid? Cause I know nobody's going on the record with this. I know plenty of people who think this is really dumb and people I'm one, of, are them. Oh, I'm one the of them. NBA. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like people who work in the NBA or former players, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people who are just like, what are, what are they doing here sure. now? I think that it's okay because you need to change some things. You can't have everything like the quote-unquote good old days. I think that you, it, it's good to reinvent things. And I think that this is a good idea, and I think it's cool, but I don't know that you're going to profit at all. And I think that Pacers-Bucks game, as good of a game as it was, bombed in terms of being able to help push forward and sell the NBA. And I don't know that the Lakers-Pelicans game did a whole lot either.
0: Yeah. Listen, like I, I've been very outspoken about it. I think it's a waste of time. The NBA only really did this because it's the, the ratings in the regular season keep plummeting. I think the idea of the courts were cool, um, you know, neutral site, cool. I just, there's just not enough buzz for a casual fan to be like, what is going on here? And I don't know if it can work. I don't know how else they can change to make this more appealing to casual fans. Like, you bring up your son as an example. I can tell you, working at Fox State, I have so many people that come up to me who are big Cavs fans. They're like, "What is with this tournament? How does this yeah. work?" Yeah, you know, like, yeah. and I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I've talked about it a ton of times, but I forget. It's so convoluted with the with the, you know, just the rules or, or the placements. I mean, the Cavs went three and one and didn't make it. Like, point yeah, differential. It's point differential, blah blah blah. It, it's just it's silly. You got to make it easier. Uh, for fans, casual fans,
1: to to you know, there's what you do, John. I can fix that right now. All right, what would you Here's do? What you do next year? Give two teams a buy, two teams that have the best record through 12 games. Okay, say there's some teams that are tied, 11 and one or whatever. Then you just have an off court tiebreaker somehow. So those two teams get a buy. Everybody else, single elimination. That's it. No knock. No no group play. No records. No standings. Because guess what? It's not a tournament if you don't have single elimination the whole time. Right, it's but, a, then it, it's a, but then, but huh. then,
0: but if that's the case, you do single elimination. Then you're gonna get. Then would you lose appeal? Would you think just for the, the draw? You want things to be drawn out for
1: it to you last. You want it longer. to be drawn out, but guess what? It would. I think it would be. Yeah, like let's say the Caps got in lost their first game, then the tournament's over for them. It's but basically the
0: play in tournament play in game for the playoffs if the under your under your,
1: you know Yeah, I just uh, think I just of. think you have single elimination. I I, I because yeah. I think it would be more would be number one, way less confusing. True. And number two, uh just more entertaining. I think I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Look, it, I, I mean that's just off the top of my head, but I, I agree with you. I had so many people asking me to explain this to them. And I, I was fairly happy when the Cavs didn't make it so that I could stop explaining it me to, too. to my friends and family and readers in Cleveland. So um, yeah, I, you know, I, look, I, I give them points for trying. I don't know that. Um, I don't know that it, that it, you know that it's going to be something that is going to stick really win over win over fans. I don't know if it's going to stick. I guess if you're if you're Adam Silver, this was kind of your brainchild. Are you just going to are you going to you know bite the bullet and ha- take a hit to the ego and say yeah that didn't, that wasn't what I was hoping for? Or more likely, knowing the NBA and 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 the PR people, and I love yep. them all very much. But my guess is they're more likely going to say it was a huge hit and we're going to – we can't wait to do it again next year. That That's – yeah, I mean, that's, okay. that's okay. You know, if you're the Cavs, if you're a Cavs or an East Coast team, I
0: think the last thing you'd really probably want to do is to go all the way out to Vegas to play in the semifinals team or, or tournament. Yes, there's off off-the-court fun stuff there. Don't get me wrong. But is that something you really want to deal with to get away from any type of momentum you have close home? Whatever. I don't think there's a perfect fix to it. Um, people in the NBA circles would probably tell you it's a success. I don't think it is. I'd love to see the ratings once everything is done and go from there and see the overall attendance if it's not inflated, which, which, by the way, it it doesn't really matter if I see the attendance because it will be inflated. But
1: (laughs) at any rate, (laughs) clearly. Well, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that anybody, for instance, and I don't want to belabor this, but I don't know that anybody went to a Pistons game Thinking well, at least we have the in-season tournament that we could win. I think that if you were going to go to the Pistons-Cavs game in Detroit, it's because you just were going to go. I don't know that the in-season tournament. I don't think they. I don't think anybody bought a ticket thinking, "Hey, it's an in-season tournament game. Let's you know, let's go buy tickets. Let's get up there and watch this tournament." I don't think that there was that kind of, you know. Whereas, like obviously, an NBA playoff game, people were going to be like, "Yeah, I got playoff tickets, dude." You know, I. I Nobody's going to be saying saying that about the in season tournament. I can tell you that I think most other American sport le- sports leagues, like NFL and baseball, are probably like, what are these guys doing? It's it was uh, it's definitely I give Adam Silver credit for innovation, but I just yeah, don't he's know. trying something. Yeah, I've had a couple yeah. of people from the from
0: the Browns be like, what are they doing over there? You know, I'm like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, players right. and, and people that work for the team are like, what? What's how does this work? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I that's do know. The, that's the best
1: answer. I don't. I'm know. just I'm just gonna confuse
0: <laughs> you and confuse myself. Then I'm gonna give you the wrong information again. But, um, anyways. But uh, by the way, you bring up the Pistons. I think only reason why people would want to go see the Pistons is because you want to see them beat their beat the NBA record for consecutive losing streak extending to what it's at 18 as we sit here on the seventh. It's My 18
1: goodness, and. I could tell you the Pistons as an organization and the PR people are wonderful. And therefore, if they get to that point where they have a home game, the record obviously for one season is held by the Cavaliers and 76ers tied at seven or at 26 straight losses. If the Pistons get to 24, 25, if they get to 26 and they have a home game, I'm going to go up there you got to i got it and i'll I'll write from a caps perspective i'll write you know the uh the monkeys finally off our back if you're cleveland um because you you lifted that weight the pistons left and i think they've got a real good shot of breaking that record cuz they had the memphis grizzlies the wounded memphis grizzlies at home uh wednesday night and lost they, they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies. They, they've got Orlando. Hope. They've got Orlando, Indiana,
0: Philly, Philly, Milwaukee, their next five. And then watch, Atlanta. watch them
1: beat Philly. One of those games. Yeah. Back to back. They've been playing. I mean, they've, they've had some close games, but you know, All
0: right. Well, speak of this, uh, the schedule real quick before we uh, end this podcast. Uh, let's talk about the Cavs road ahead here. They've got a tough schedule. Uh, Miami, Orlando, and the back to back of Boston. Uh a rare back-to-back away games that's a new scheduling twist that started this year in the nba or no i'm sorry it started last year i believe yeah um i hope the the cat did the Cavs fly down there today are you aware yeah. okay they flew to miami yeah all right so if that's the case are we just going to pencil them in for a loss on friday at just suffering from that quote-unquote miami flu yeah
1: <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm saying like are, are you going to be like chase and make me pick each of the next four games no uh, we're not going to do that we're running out of time anyways but oh, but well, the, the Miami okay. flu
0: is a real thing sam
1: sure well i mean i, I probably had it you're you know you're in your 20s you go to miami you got a free night uh could be but you never know look uh, i mean to me it's like miami's not been playing that great lately Jimmy Butler came out and said the other day, "Guess what? We're mediocre. We have a mediocre offense. We've been mediocre defensively. We're average. So, and Miami is that way in the regular season. Look at them last year; they were average, and then they got to the finals. So, you know, you could you could potentially steal one there. I think you've you've got to, you know, you this is this is a really we always talk about these West Coast trips, but this East Coast swing here is just a, a nightmare." Because yeah, people, Orlando's playing so well. Right. And 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 you know, Miami's you never know what you're gonna get from them. And then you've got Boston, who's the best team in the East right now, back to back on their court. So those are tough. And you know, the Cavs had Boston's number a little bit last year. Um, and I'm sure they remember that. The Caps went there and remember that game last year won in yep. triple what was, was it triple overtime? A double the, overtime early in the season, right? And the Cavs won. Very early, yeah. They and beat. they didn't have
0: Darius that game. I don't believe,
1: right? Because Levert Levert went nuts, Mitchell went nuts, and Levert went. They went both had the,
0: Mitchell or uh, Mitchell and Levert both had like forty some points that game. Some I
1: 20. remember that. Yeah, and Darius they, they was they out had that. one. The next game, <laughs> so the next game, he had one.
0: <laughs> he had one. <laughs> yeah, my, Miami's lost what uh, four of the last six games. They're uh, struggling a little bit. No, I, I think the Miami flu is a real thing. But one thing I will say, if you want to think of the Caps here, is Max Drew said after the game against the Magic on on Wednesday that, you know, this was, that win was big for them going on this this road trip. They want to come back and beat Miami after Miami stole one from them a few weeks ago. So I, I think that focus should be where we all hope it is. And this is a good, you know, measuring stick on where they're at uh, from not just a skill set on the court, but a mental makeup off the court. And uh, if they've got take, I don't want to say turn that corner, but, you know, Change a little bit there. Uh, the Orlando game will be interesting because you just played them, and now you're going to play them again. But you're going to play them at their house, and then the back to get back against Boston. Boston's just the the beast of the East right now, and uh, I mean they're 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 nine and zero at home. Think about that. Entering this game, Boston is nine and zero at home. Sam, they haven't lost a game. They're playing two against the Cavs, so uh, that's that's tough sledding ahead to a Boston team that's. What got the best record or the second best record in the NBA behind the next to the mighty
1: Minnesota Timberwolves.
0: Which came out of nowhere, by the way. Yeah. 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 Boston at 15 and 5. So hey, um, second big trip for the Cavs. This is an East Coast. that they can come out of this two and two, that's a massive, massive
1: success. I yeah. I mean, I think if you're the Cavs, we well, you're the Cavs, you you know, you don't think about anything but Miami, but I think if they can win one. You want to win one of these, and I think that'd be okay. Yeah, I, I would you agree. Know, I think, I think so, two would so be the tough. best, obviously. Well, four yeah. would be
0: the best. But you know what I mean, if we're being realistic here, it's it's tough to do that. But uh, we'll see what they can do. Uh, Cavs, and if you're listening to this on Friday, they're playing tonight then, I guess you could say. or playing, And then they've got uh, the Magic Monday, and then Boston Tuesday the 12th, and then Thursday the 14th there. And then they're back home on Saturday the 16th against the Atlanta Hawks. All right, that will wrap it up to this edition of the Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. Follow the pod on Twitter, or X as the kids now call it, at Cavs on the Break. Follow yours truly at John underscore Sable. Follow Sam at Amika Hoops on Twitter. And then, of course, get all your latest Cavs and NBA news at hoopswire.com. If you haven't already, keep that as your homepage. It's on mine. And I read Sam every (laughs) day. I read his halftime dribbles. All the time. I criticize his halftime dribbles. You and uh, then he criticizes me with uh, funny emojis.
1: <laughs> that's Yeah, and that's how packed. it goes. That's usually how it goes. That's how it so goes.
0: Accurate. Yeah, you know, as, as, uh, as we're wrapping this up here, I got center in the background. And they're showing the in-season tournament highlights. And they're showing the players walk down this tunnel with the trophy of the cup. And LeBron just walks by it like, what is this? Zion Williamson walks by and smiles at it. It's just funny. <laughs>
1: Damian Lillard went up and touched the cup and a reporter said don't touch it that's bad luck and guess what happened the bucks lost that's why you walk by the cup coolly if you're if you want the nba cup and and uh the elusive don't know. I'm going to call it the elusive gold chalice <laughs> I hate to make fun of the tournament I really do but you, you know a part of me really wants to but i i i I make fun of myself for liking it so much. So yeah.
0: you know, it's the well, Last point on that, it's the low-hanging fruit right now in the NBA season in December.
1: Sure, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah.
0: I agree. Hey, b- by the way, before we wrap this up for sure, uh, did you see what LeBron did tonight? I did not. He scored on twenty. He scored or assisted on twenty-four consecutive
1: points against wow. the Wow. At thirty-eight years, he's going to be thirty-nine in a couple of weeks. Jeez. Sam. Is that, that is not amazing? amazing? I didn't I didn't I didn't watch that game cuz I was too busy rooting against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was as, an awful game. As, as right? I always do. My and goodness. they lost to the 2 and 10 Patriots at home. So it went well for me. It did. All right,
0: enough of Sam, enough of uh, me. Um thanks for listening everyone. We'll be back next week right here on Cavs on the Break, NBA podcast right here on the Press Play Podcast Network.
1: Congratulations Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.